chapter 20. 1 Kings chapter 20. I was going to read the whole chapter because I'm, I'm, I want to preach the whole chapter. But I figured for the sake of time and uh, to give your bottoms a, a rest, I wouldn't preach the whole chapter today for sure. I just preach part of it. So I think I've kind of broken it up into fourths or thirds, and I'll try to get through it as we go. And we'll deal with the first portion of it today. First Kings 20. We are going to read eight verses, though. Can y'all handle that? First Kings 20, verse 1 through 8. When you have it, say amen. amen. Okay, reading from the New King James Version. If you don't have that, it's on the screen in front of you. Let's read together. Ready, read. Now Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his forces together. Thirty-two kings were with him, with horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria and made war against it. Then he sent messengers into the city to Ahab, to king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, Your silver and your gold are mine. Your loveliest wives and children are mine. Boy, that's something else right there. He said, And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, I and all that I have are yours. Now that's some mess right there. Keep going, verse 5. Then the messengers came back and said, Thus speaks Ben-Hadad, saying, Indeed, I have sent to you, saying, You shall deliver to me your silver and your gold, your wives and your children. But I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time, and they shall search your house and the houses of your servants, and it shall be that whatever is pleasant in your eyes, they will put in their hands and take it. Good night. Verse 7 and 8. So the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Notice, please, and see how this man seeks trouble. For he sent to me for my wives, my children, my silver, and my gold, and I did not deny him. And all the elders and all the people said to him, Do not listen or consent. Do not listen or consent. I want to preach this morning on this subject and maybe next week or however we deal, deal with this. Tell the devil no. Look at your neighbor and say, tell the devil no. Look at somebody else and tell them, tell the devil no. I can't have my, any more of my stuff. No. Tell him no. no. Just one time, if you, if you agree, just shout no. no. Hallelujah. We'll get through this. Father, thank you for the word we're about to receive. Speak now for your servants we hear. We intend to obey. Let the word saturate our hearts and by your spirit work in us what needs to be worked. So we'll have the faith and the boldness to stand up to the wicked one and not let him take any more of our stuff and anything that has been stolen, we're taking it back. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Holler out one time. No! <laughs> Praise the Lord. 2020 has been a real challenging year for people all over the world. Am I right about that? This year that we came into knowing it's the year of vision manifestation, Satan we see is launching all out assault on people's lives, especially the lives of believers. Yes, we know from the scriptures that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
right? John 10, verse 10, Satan comes, the thief comes not except for to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus goes on, he's, he finishes that verse by saying, but I have come, but I have come, but I have come. The thief comes, but I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So it's God's plan for you and me to have and live in the abundant life. Everybody say the abundant life. The abundant say life. abundance of everything. That's God's plan. God is not a scarcity God. God's not a just enough God. God is not a just getting by God. God is not a just, you know, do the best you can with what you have, God. No, God is an abundance God. And if you don't have abundance in your life of everything good yet, it's because you have an enemy. It's not God holding anything back. In Psalm number 84, verse 11, the Bible says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Romans chapter 8 verse 32 says that if God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So God wants you and me to live in abundance and have all things. All things. And so if we don't have all things, if we're not enjoying abundance, it's not God holding it back. It's because we have an adversary, the devil, who's working against us. He's a thief. He's a murderer. He comes to steal, kill, and he's a destroyer. He's a thief, a murderer, and a destroyer wrapped up in one. And a liar to boot. <laughs> Glory to God. So anything he's been saying, don't forget that for later on in the message. He's a liar. So everything he's been saying is a lie meant to deceive you and trick you out of what belongs to you. I said out of what belongs to you. Not out of what you're trying to get, out of what already belongs to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We were reading in one, one translation the other night from Philippians 4.19. I think it was the New Living Translation. Let's try that. Philippians 4.19, the New Living Translation. Let's see if it says what I wanted to say or what I remember uh, what I'm thinking about here. Y'all got time for me to take this quick station break here? Philippians 4.19. And they find, do we have the Bible? Philippians 4.19 in the, the New Living is what I'm looking for. Yes, that's it. And this same God who takes care of me, this is Paul talking. Y'all listening? Yes. Will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. Watch this. Which has been. The rest of y'all must not see that. Is it on the screen? Is it on the screen? His glorious riches which have been given to us. So riches have been given to us. Oh, man. Man, I better save this for a Wednesday night. Riches have been given to us. It's past tense. It's past tense. Have been given. Past tense. Already done. You are to have them. That means if you're not operating with them, it's been stolen or you've been compromised, or you have freely relinquished what already belongs to you. Tell your neighbor it already belongs to you. You don't have to try to get it. It's already yours. Well, I don't believe that. That's your problem. I just identified your problem right there. I just identified your problem is you don't believe that. Jesus said if you can believe that all things are possible to him that believe, not to him who hears, he said, if you can believe 
I feel like I'm in the wrong church. I'll just, I'll just talk to y'all today. If you can believe, bakers, all things are possible to him that believes. So the riches have already been given to you just by faith, just I receive it. And I walked it out in my trust. Y'all got it? Okay, so this enemy in John 10, 10, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said, I want you to have life and life more abundantly. So the enemy, his job is to make sure you don't have abundance, to make sure you don't live in abundance, to make sure you don't have an abundance of anything. Make sure you don't have an abundance of money. Make sure you don't have an abundance of clothes. Make sure you don't have an abundance of food. Make sure you don't have an abundance of good night's sleep. Make sure you don't have an abundance of peace. Make sure you don't have an abundance of joy. Make sure you don't have an abundance of rest. Make sure you don't have an abundance of health. I grew up in church, and church, church days always testify about, thank God for my reasonable portion of health and strength. I grew up, everybody was satisfied with a reasonable, any of y'all should hear that, a reasonable portion of health and strength. That God didn't come, Jesus didn't go through all that death on the cross for you to have a reasonable portion of health and strength. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. Not reasonably healthy and strong. You mean he went through all that? No. No, he means for us to have an abundance of everything. The problem is the enemy has tricked and coerced people in the body of Christ to give up their goods. To give up what, they, what belongs to them. To give up what's their covenant right to have. Covenant right to have. Covenant right to have. How many of y'all are in covenant with Father God? That covenant has been sealed by the blood of Jesus. It's a blood covenant. It's not a contract like you sign with T-Mobile or AT&T. It's a blood covenant purchased with the blood of Jesus. We've not been redeemed from corruptible with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. The blood, the blood paid for your prosperity. The blood paid for your health. The blood paid for your marriage. The blood paid for your children. The blood paid for your house. The blood paid for your car already. The blood paid for your sanity. The blood pays for your peace of mind. The blood paid for it already. Somebody shout the blood. It gives me strength from day to day, yeah. But also keeps my bills paid. Keeps blood running warm in my veins. Keeps my heart beat, 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 beat. Keeps my liver right. Glory to God, the blood. The wonder working power. So... It's been paid for. It's already ours. It's mine. 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 Healing is mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I was last night. I was moving, and my back started. I said, "Oh man, this is this this been lingering too long. This this little back." I said, "No, healing is mine." I said, Lord, this is how I prayed last night. I said, Lord, if I was 89, I shouldn't have back pain. Oh, let me come on down here. If I was 89, I shouldn't have back pain. See, the body of Christ has been tricked into going on with the world that the older you get with things, just happen things. No, no, not if you're a child of God. 
The Bible says one of your benefits in Psalm 103 is that he renews your youth as the eagles. So as you age and mature, you're supposed to get stronger and stronger and stronger as you go. Don't think how this world thinks. And don't think how religious church folk think. Jesus already paid for your healing. And I said, Lord, no, I said, I'm only 49, so I shouldn't be living no back pain like that. I, I curse that in Jesus' name. I'm not going to accept something. I'm not going to let, then, and it's not just letting, not just accepting something, it's letting the devil steal what does belong to me. Tell your neighbor, healing belongs to you. Tell him again, healing belongs to you. Slap him somewhere and tell him healing belongs to you. You have a right to be healed. A covenant, blood-bought right to be healed. You have a right to financial prosperity. Prosperity belongs to you. Hit that same person and tell them prosperity belongs to you. You have a blood-bought, blood-covenant right to prosper. Peace belongs to you. No, don't be frustrated in your mind, worried and anxious and confused. No, peace belongs to you. Ain't no devil in hell big and better to take my peace. That's my peace. Given to me by Jesus himself. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. That's my peace. Belongs to me. Abundance. You know, you know he, must, he must give abundance of peace, Paul. And you know why? Because he told the disciples, when you go to a city, he said, you can leave your peace with them. Now, you can't leave what you don't have enough to leave. So he wants you to have peace in so much abundance, you can walk into somebody's house and they all fighting and fussing and cussing and kicking dogs. And you can just come, no, you know what? I'm going to leave some peace right here. I'm going to break this environment right now. I'm going to take authority. You give me authority? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to take authority over this atmosphere right now. In Jesus' name, I'm leaving my peace on it right now. Abundance of everything. So the devil, he doesn't want you to have abundance of anything. So what he does, he comes to take away what already belongs to you. And at some point, at some point, the believer, now the unbeliever, you don't have, you can't, you don't stand a chance. First of all, the unbeliever, you don't have anything, nothing belongs to you. The unbeliever, nothing belongs to you. Everything you get, you got to work for and, and struggle for and toil for, and you're just doing it, gathering up to give it over to us. That's what the Bible says, that the sinner has a job of gathering, collecting, toiling, working hard. Just to give it over to the righteous. So they don't have anything that the devil can take. They, they don't have it. They just store it up. You got it? But for the believer, once you realize this joker's stealing from me, let me ask you a question. What, what 
what if you were running a company? How many of y'all run a company? You, how many of y'all run a company? What if you hire somebody and after five years found out this person that you trusted with your books has been uh, pinching a little bit off the top? They just called embezzlement. What you gonna do? Okay, I, okay, y'all, y'all give y'all sanctified Holy Ghost answers. Okay, all, all right, I got you, I got you. Let me come back up here, y'all. Y'all, y'all gonna be nice. I'm just, I'm just gonna love them and forgive them. And, no, I'll tell the truth. It's about to get ugly. So when you find out that this thief has been bullying you, and you finally, finally get up enough oomph, guts, gall to stand up to him, you say, you know what? From now on, devil, the answer is no. Somebody say that. Say, from now on, devil, the answer is no. Every time he comes at you, you got to begin to tell him no. No. No, you can't have that. You already took that. You can't have this. Did anybody here will, will just admit that there are things the devil has taken from you? Just admit it. Yeah, yeah. Come on, all around you, there's thing, things he's taken. But you know what? Now I know who I am. Now I know who I serve. Now I know whose I am. Now I know what I can do. Now I know what I'm supposed to have. No, no more, devil. From now on, the answer is no. You can't take nothing else from me. That was the last time. That was the last thing. And you give me enough time on the clock, I'm going to take back everything you stole. Go to our, go to our scripture here, 1 Kings 20. 1 Kings 20. See, he wants to take whatever goods you have. Spiritually. I've watched it happen. Spiritually, people lose their progress. It's called, it's called drawing back backsliding, apostasy. People who've made great strides in the things of God, all of a sudden now they just cold. But the devil stole it. They didn't tell the devil no. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Brother Chris talked about this yesterday. It's when, in 1 Corinthians 10, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, around verse 13, it talks about how uh, there's no temptation common to man except what is common to man, but God with every temptation makes a way of escape. Y'all know that scripture? When there's a temptation, there's always a way of escape. Tell your neighbor, when there's a temptation, there is a way of escape. Which means that you don't have to yield to the temptation. We just, we just sing that song. Yield not to temptation for yielding is sin. Right? The yielding is a sin, not the temptation. You will be tempted on this side. You will be tempted. Over there, they don't get tempted. You will be tempted. But temptation isn't the sin. It's yielding that's the sin. So that's why God hooked you up. That with the temptation. The temptation isn't coming from God. It's not from God. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. God does not tempt a man, neither can he be tempted with evil, right? 
So with the temptation, what he will bring for you, though, is a way of escape. You just got to look for that way out. So even if you've drawn back spiritually, it's because Satan came with a temptation and you didn't tell him no. That's all that happens. It's enough yeses to the devil that you backtrack it. So all it's just enough yeses. I don't understand. I, I, I have no idea. How did I get way over here? And I was serving God because you said a, you said a yes up there, and then you said a yes right there, and then you said a yes right there, and then you said a yes right there, and you said a yes. It's yes. It's yes. And if you had changed, flip one yes to a no, it would have made a difference in your life. Just flip that yes to a no. No, devil, I'm not going to do that. Right. Come on. Right. Sometimes people, you know, I've, I've been trying to eat a little healthier, so I've been, you know, staying away from desserts. Desserts is like the devil. How many of y'all know about that? Desserts is the devil. It is. It's just like the devil. And people will offer me these desserts. Paula Paul and my have some over, you know, the other day they have donuts over there and things like that. They say, Pastor, you, do you want a blank, let's say the donut. Pastor, you want a donut? Yes. I do. See, the truth is, yes, I do want it. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. I'm helping somebody over on that side over there. The answer is, yes, I do want it. But. See, it's when I yield to the temptation. week, she ordered her own cake. She ordered this, this old public. Y'all have seen Publix has these chocolate cakes, right? And they got the strawberries on top, and it's got all this, it's like glaze on everything. It's like shiny. Shiny. They, how they make the cake shiny like that? I mean, you know to your eye, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh is kicking in right now. I'm like, oh my God. And then they put on extra icing. It's like if you like chocolate icing, it's like chocolate icing overload. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Vanilla ice creams. You got to come eat it in bed. <laughs> Get thee behind me, Satan. Lord, this woman you gave me. And do I want some? Yes. Yes. I guarantee you I want some. But am I going to have some? The answer is no. It's no. 
is no. And what I've learned is if you say enough no's, it gets easier and easier and easier if you just say enough no's. And the reason people draw back, this ain't in my message, but I'm just telling you. The reason people draw back and fall spiritually is because they, they say yes too much. Yeah, yeah, I go with you. Child, you, you want, want to hear some gossip? Yes. You got to say no. So spiritually, physically, your physical body, some, I mean, it's amazing how many people say yes to a symptom. I'm going to just take my time and preach this here. Just say yes to a symptom. You got a headache? Yes. Well, do you have a headache? Yes. Or should I say, is your head aching? Yes. But don't say yes to letting it stay. Because he's going to tell you, he's going to tell your mind, you're going to have this headache for the next six hours. And then out of your mouth, I'm going to have this headache for the next six hours. I'm just telling you, ask me how I know this stuff. Because that's how it happens to me. And if you never learn to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to have that. No, I'm not going to keep that back pain. No, I'm not going to keep that earache. Because he wants you to take it and keep it. How many of y'all know you have that kind of authority? That whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you lose is loose. You have what you say, not what he says. So he can offer, but I can refuse. And he's going to offer you something. He's going to offer you something so good. He's going to offer you something so good. You got start sniffling, then you got a runny nose. You're like, oh, I think you might have COVID-19. Yes, let me go get in the line and wait three hours in the line so I can put something up my nose. What'd you do? You, are you, you trying to say yes to it? Or should what you do is say, no, I'm not going to have that. Well, you got to go get tested to see. No, I don't. No, I don't. All I'm going to do is tell you yes. That's all they're going to do is tell you yes. They're going to verify your yes. Whether it's a real yes or not, they're going to tell you yes, it's a yes. Now what you going to do? Well, it's a yes. Now you start feeling sicker than you even felt before because now they said yes. Oh, they said yes, so now it must be a yes. You see? Now again, I'm not picking on it because it is real. But what I'm saying is you have the authority to say no. I'm not going to keep that. I'm not going to keep that. Glory to God. Well, what you do when the devil say you shall die and not live? Oh, you say yes? No, no, I shall live and not die. 
Well, the doctor said I only have 16 months. No, 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 that's, that's, not, that's not my reality. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So what happens materially when he comes up to message your money? Y'all, y'all better hear what I'm saying to you. Come to snatch your money. Tell you, you know you need that. You work hard. You deserve that. Treat yourself. Now, Mr. Duke Energy over here waiting. I better get back up here. I better, I better hide back behind the cross here. Duke Energy waiting. And, 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 and you say yes to the shoes and then Duke Energy says no to your lights. Right? Ask me how I know. Ain't nothing like being at home and vacuuming. Not like being a sound, cold sleep at night, all of a sudden hearing chains outside your window. <laughs> Pastor, have like that? Yes, four times. Four times. So that's how I know. At some point, you got to get it through your lightning fast mind. I'm not going to let this joker keep coming and destroying my life. From now on, devil, the answer is no. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to get into, let's get into this text here. I'll get a little bit, little bit, a little ways here. Look in, look in 1 Kings 20, verse 1. We see in this passage here, uh, Ahab is the king of Israel based in Samaria, okay? And there's this perpetual enemy he has named Ben-Hadad. Ben-Hadad wasn't technically his name. That was his title, okay? Now, Ahab, that was his name, okay? But Ben-Hadad, uh, which is a good name because he had had, he had had your money. He Ben-Had all your stuff. He been had all this stuff. <laughs> Don't tell your neighbor that. Don't tell your neighbor that. But Ben had 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 all this stuff. Now look what happens. So he's gonna come make war against him because these everybody hated Israel, the people of God. And so Ben-Hadad was no no different. He's king of Syria. Syria's gonna come against them. And you'll you'll see Syria came against them several times throughout scriptures, and to this day, Syria has been working against them. I think they just, they just did sign a peace accord here a few months ago. That was one of the things that uh, the president got them to sign was a peace accord uh, with Israel. Um, but praise God. Syria um, 
how do you know Sarah? You, you remember Saul, when he got converted, he was on the road to Damascus, Syria. That's where he was on his way to. Okay? All right, now, look at this. It says, now Benadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his forces together. Thirty-two kings were with him, with horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged, surrounded, put a stronghold around Samaria. See that? And made war against it. Okay? Now let's look at this because it gets interesting here. Then he sent messengers into the city to Ahab, king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad. <laughs> now this is, this is how the devil talks to people. He said, your, 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 look at these pronouns, your silver and your gold are mine. Now that's a bold something. That's what we call a, a, the, the um, jack man. Y'all know the jack man is? Some of y'all are proper. Some of y'all are raised in better neighborhoods. You don't know what jack man is. Jack man is the guy who come to you and, and he going to take what you worked hard for. You worked 40 hours a week or you worked uh, eight hours last night. If you're in the hood, see there's, you got drug dealers and you have jack men. Y'all don't know. Drug dealers, they go work the streets peddling, selling. Jack man lets them pedal, lets them sell, lets them accrue, lets them accumulate, and comes and takes it. And what the man who peddled and was taken has to do is chalk it up to the game. Who are you going to call the police? Who are you going to call? Hey, they came and robbed me and took my, took, they took $40,000. Where'd you get $40,000 from, young man? Oh, that's all right. Y'all go ahead. Right? Okay, so this is what a jack man does. He says, your silver and your gold are mine, and then Elder Baker. Now he got this is this this gangster. He said, "Your loveliest wives." Now I seen all your wives. This is, I don't, I don't want that that one over there. I don't want, I don't want Slewfoot. I don't want Jambalaya. No Jambalaya, you can keep Jambalaya. No Jambalaya, she can cook. No, you can have Jambalaya. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. He said, your loveliest wives. And I, I, I looked at verse in several translations. One of them said, your finest. I said, your finest wives. That one, 36, 24, 36, those are all of them. All your brick houses, bring over here. That's, that's, this, is what, this is what it said. This is what he means. Now, every man, I tell you, just talking to the men right now, women just close your ears. Men just tell me now, if some brother came up to you and said, give me that. Now, this is your, your wife. Now, what's your reaction? I'm looking at Robert, he's like, <laughs> you about to bring out the old, Joe Nathan about to come out on you in a minute. I mean, you, are you looking at my wife too hard? It's, you ain't got to ask for her. You looking, you're, what, you, what you looking at, bro? 
Right? That's where you are, right? So, but this man comes with all his army and saying, hey, your gold, your silver, that's all your possessions, your loveless wives and children are mine. And verse 4 says, watch, watch verse 4, watch, watch verse 4. Watch verse 4. And the king of Israel, this is Ahab, answered and said, my Lord, O king, just as you say, I and all that I have are yours. What? Chris, help me out. What? I mean, what? You, you, wait, this man, this man just tried you. That's what we call it. He just tried you. And you say, yep, yep. Now, here, here's what I want you to see in the story. Here's a scenario. Let, let me just make sure you got the real picture. He's not asking for them. He's saying I already have them. They're already mine. Which means that Ahab had already consented. This is not a new request. He's reminding him what, of what he already has. I already have your finest wives and your children and your silver and your gold. I already got it. That means that Ahab had already surrendered too much to the enemy. He had already conceded to the enemy. He had already relinquished rights. To, these are his wives. Now y'all looking at, some of y'all looking at wives. Why I say wives? Okay, that, that was okay back then. Tell your neighbor, that was then. This is now. I just want to advise all the husbands, don't try that. So, <laughs> grits are too cheap today. So it's, <laughs> so, they, he already had been had had. He already had been had it. He been had his stuff. What has the devil been had that belongs to you? What is it that he stole or that he even tempted and requested of you and you just stepped aside and let him have? Now, it's easy to look at Ahab and pick on him, but this, I'm not preaching about Ahab, I'm preaching about us. Because I need us to make sure that we look back and don't, and don't let the devil keep our stuff. Because here's what you, you need to understand, and I'll show you this here in a moment, that if you, whatever you give up on the front end, I've been hearing a guy say this many times this year, that's why we, we, we got to fight for these rights that we've been giving up this year as Americans. Whatever you give up on the front end, you won't get back on the back end. Whatever rights you relinquish, you will not get them back later. Whatever liberties that you give up in the name of safety, you will never get back again. So Ben had already had his stuff. Ben had had. Ahab had already freely given up all these things to protect him, him and his kingdom. He didn't want any, any, he didn't want to mess with Benadad. 
So Benadad came out like a big bully. Give me your wives, your finest ones, your loveliest ones, and your children. And your children? And all your money. So if Benadad took his money, took his wives, took his children, he had to start over again. What the devil doesn't mind is if you keep starting over. But what he doesn't want is for you to start and keep going and keep going and keep growing and keep building and keep increasing. What he wants you to do is next year, I'm going to start all over again. And then you build up, then I got to start all over again. That's not the plan of God for our lives. Keep resetting. This is going to be the year. This, this 2021 is going to be the year. Oh, well, 2022, boy, I'm telling you, that's going to be the year for me. That's not how it's supposed to be in our lives. It's supposed to be that every day gets brighter and brighter, which means every week and every month and every year gets brighter and brighter and brighter. But if I relinquish, if I can see things to an enemy, then I keep having to reset. And Benedict just straight up in his face told him, man, I already got all, I got your stuff. Your wives, your children, your silver, and your gold is mine. And this man responds in verse 4 and said, yeah, it's yours. What kind of man just gives up his family and possessions? What kind of man? What manner of man is this? Just, I mean, give up? Your wives, your children, and your possessions, just let the enemy have them? What kind of man knows that there's a lion on the loose and doesn't protect his family? But this is what we see happening in our society, in our communities, in our nation, that men have stepped aside. Willingly. And left, left the women and the children vulnerable to an enemy who doesn't play games. Men are playing video games, stuck in a house, in a trap somewhere, playing video games all day. Their children are suffering. Y'all ain't saying much to me. The problem was, I want you to see this here, mark this, Ahab was an idol worshiper. Ahab was an idol worshiper. He did not worship the true living God. He worshiped idol gods. In particular, Baal. And because he worshiped Baal, he was not operating in the covenant that was available to him. Remember, these are God's people. The Israelites are God's people. And God had made a covenant with them, but he was not keeping this covenant. Oh, my God. Um. Uh, Psalm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say covenant. covenant. See, when you're in covenant, the whole point of a covenant, if Deacon Gershman and I enter into covenant together, what happens is uh, my strengths cover his weaknesses. His weaknesses cover my strength. So when you and I enter into covenant with God, our weaknesses cover his strengths, or our strengths cover his weaknesses, just hang on, our strengths cover his weaknesses. 
our, his strengths cover our weaknesses. You understand? So wherever we're, we are weak, he is strong. So when I need his help, he's always there. Now some of y'all confused when I said that our strengths cover his weaknesses. Well, God's weakness is he can't operate in the earth without us. That's the weakness I'm talking about. Not that God is weak. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you God is weak. I'm saying where he comes short is that he can't operate in the earth without us. The earth he's given to us. So we, we do what he cannot do on this earth. He does what we cannot do in the whole universe. So that's a covenant. Now, in what I tell y'all, go Psalm 103, let me find it. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all just, just hang on. I'm going to stand tall. Glory to God. Psalm 103, verse, uh, verse 17 and 18. says, but the mercy of the Lord, that word mercy is not God just, oh, just don't let me fall off the bridge. That word mercy is the, is the Hebrew word chesed or kesed, which means goodnesses. It's all the favor. It's all the kindness. It's all the bounty of God. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, watch this, on those who fear him. Now Ahab's problem was he wasn't fearing God. And it says, and his righteousness, God's righteousness, to children's children. So multi-generational goodness coming into your family. Now who is it talking to? Verse 18, to such as keep his covenant and to those who who remember his commandments. What? To do, to do them. So the problem with Ahab, the reason why Ahab had no defense against Ben-Hadad was because he wasn't keeping covenant with God. So God's mercy couldn't be extended to him. Y'all better catch what I'm saying to you. So the reason why so often in the body of Christ, not, not you, y'all got this. I'm speaking by faith. Y'all got this. Y'all are keeping covenant, right? Y'all are keeping covenant, right? You all are fearing God, all right? You all are keeping his commandments to do them, right? Okay, so this is not applying to you. But I'm explaining what's going on with all your cousins in the rest of the body of Christ. Is that though they're in the family of God like Ahab was, they're not keeping his covenant and they've gotten over into idol worship. Idolatry is still a real thing. And because they've gotten over into idol worship, now they're exposed to the enemy and they're vulnerable. He could just come take their stuff. Ben had that. He been had them. He been had their stuff. So they sit there and crying out, oh Lord, when you come, come help me. When you gonna come? God said, I already helped you. I put my covenant out there for you. If you just keep my covenant, if you, keep, if you just keep my covenant, just keep obeying my commandments, everything will be grave in your life. You got to make sure you don't keep teetering over into idolatry. Worshiping other gods, worshiping yourself. Okay? Don't worship your pastor. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying to you. You can't worship anybody but God. You got a good pastor, but I'm not God. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, you have a good pastor, but I am not God. I got to worship the same God you got to worship. I got to obey the same commandments you got to obey. 
I got to trust the same father you have to trust. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So he wasn't serving God. So in, in 1 Kings 20, verse 4, he says, just as you say, I and all that I have are yours. Now, can, can I give an example of a guy who did get it right? Go to 1 Samuel 30 and verse 8. This man named King David. King David was way before King Ahab. Same people. Same nation. 1 Samuel verse 30. Look at what happened. Oh my goodness. Verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked um, and sorry, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Verse 2, and had taken captive the women and those who were, with, who were there from small to great. So all of their wives and all their children were taken captive by the enemy. Now the men, the Bible, you keep reading, they start crying and weeping. The Bible says they start crying and weeping. I would be crying and weeping too. Lord, what in the world going on? And the Bible says till they had no more power to weep. In other words, they cried themselves and they couldn't cry no more. None of y'all ever had to go through that in, in this life, right? I know none of the men will admit that, but some of the ladies, y'all admit you've cried until you couldn't cry no more? I have, I'll admit it. I've cried until I couldn't cry no more. And they were going to kill David because of what happened to their families. But David, the Bible says, encouraged himself in the Lord. Minister to the Lord and said, wait a minute. I'm in covenant. See, Ahab not thinking this way. David said, wait a minute, I'm in covenant. I'm a, I, I serve a covenant-keeping God. I'm a covenant-keeping man. So watch what happened. Verse, verse 8, verse 8, verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? In other words, shall I go get all my stuff back? And he, God, answered him, pursue. Oh, my God. This is a word for somebody this morning. Pursue. Whatever the devil has stolen from you, pursue. Go back and get all your stuff the devil has stolen in your life. Pursue. For you shall surely, that's a covenant word, overtake them and without fail, recover all. Y'all got this here? Verse 18. Verse 18 and verse 19. So David, this is after he went and kicked some butt, recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives again. That was fine. Just, just fine back then now. His two wives and nothing and nothing and nothing, oh my Jesus, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them, David recovered all. Tell your neighbor, you shall recover all. When you get your faith, when you get your boldness, when you get your courage, when you get your audacity, when you get your strength back, you shall recover all and you will lose nothing else from here on out. Nothing else. Because every time the devil comes, you're just going to say no. Jesus. You can't just let the devil take your stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the book of Acts. Let me give you one more. 
Time is ticking. And you can't let him stop your progress. How many of y'all know you have an assignment from God? You have a purpose from God? How many of y'all know that? How many know God has given you a ministry and a work to do on this earth? How many understand that you and I, as a body, watch this now, watch this, as a body of Christ are entering a time of persecution like we've never known? It's already apparent that the world, we know the devil hates the church. The world hates the church, and it's apparent that even now in America, the church is being hated by even those in the church. But you can't let the devil stop you. And when he tells you something, you must have a resolute heart. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I was listening to uh, uh, Apostle Derby was talking the other day. I talked to him on the phone the other day. He was talking about how uh, the governor of their state just uh, sat on a, got on a phone call and asked all the churches in Kentucky to shut down for the next four weeks because we're going to stop the virus. <laughs> it didn't work for the last seven months. What are you talking about? You already shut down. The shutdown worked the first time. You wouldn't need it the second time. And if it didn't work the first time, why you need to try it again? And he said, I'm just, because he knows, he knows by law he can't mandate it. See, he'd been proven wrong. He tried to shut the churches down before and went to court and they said, no, you can't do that. We have a constitution. We're protected by the constitution. Now, you better hear this. So they used to put a request. And what did Apostle Derber say? No. See, you must already have it in your mind. Somebody say civil disobedience. civil disobedience. Now, what we're seeing all across America with all the uprising and protests, they call it civil disobedience. Now, it's amazing that the world knows how to have civil disobedience, but the church, no, we must, we must obey the laws of the land. Well, let's, let's see. Mr. Law Abider, Acts chapter 4, verse 17. Now, this is when Peter and John had already been arrested, and now they're being questioned and, and tried. Verse 17, Acts 4, you there? Yes, sir. This is what the council finally said. But so that it spreads no further on the people, let us severely threaten them. This is what, what's happening now today. They're threatening us. That from now on, they speak to no man in this name. What name? Jesus. Jesus. They were preaching the name of Jesus. They said, well, let's threaten them so that they don't do this anymore. Keep going, verse 18. So they called them, Peter and John, and commanded, this is the law, this is the law, commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. You hear this, Pastor Joshua? They're, they're going to try to command us, don't you preach out there anymore. Don't you have church? Verse 19. But Peter and John <laughs> answered the devil and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. You better handle this with God because we know what God told us to do. Come on, church. Come on, pastors. 
I would laugh. I had a pastor call me yesterday. We were talking before the men's breakfast. He called me about some guys in the city. They want him to come march with them, you know, about, you know, protests or not protest, march about, you know, the people that's been killed lately here, you know, in St. Pete, uh, you know, and praise God. And he said, want to know, pastor, what do you think? Should I do that? You know, I respect your opinion. I said, no. He said, I don't, he said, I don't want to do that. I said, no. He said, I, I said, I saw these same guys doing, having a little prayer vigil at a place the other day for this, this, what's going on. I said, and all, I looked at every one of them, their churches are closed. Bruh, you don't have enough faith to open your church, but you got faith to stop murdering a city. Sit on down, brother. Reb, sit, you know, you rep you. Sit on, sit on down. Just sit on down. Sit on down. You just wait this one out. Move out the way. Let us faith people handle this. We're going to have a prayer meeting. Virtual? Now they are virtually shooting. Those real bullets, real guns, real deaths. Well, well, because we want to respect the laws of the land. There ain't no law. This is Florida. And this is America. So they said, for we cannot, verse 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorify God for what has been done. I told you, when you have enough miracles, signs, and wonders, you command the attention and respect of the world. Go to chapter 5. Chapter 5. I'm almost done, y'all. Well, I'm almost about to stop. Verse 17 of chapter 5. Are you there? Glory to God. Then the high priest rose up. Now these same guys being tried over and over again, Laquanda. And all those were, who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, these religious group, and they were filled with indignation. They hot, stinking mad at these guys. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Laid their hands. Laid their hands on them. I don't know what that all means, but when you say you lay your hands on somebody, them fighting words. They weren't praying for them. They laid hands on them. And put them in a common prison. That was a mistake they made right there. You can't put uncommon people in a common prison. I said you can't put uncommon people in a common prison. Common prison can't hold uncommon people. They put them in a common prison. Verse 19. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go. Stand. Now, this, now they, they've been commanded by the people, don't preach. But the angel from God, from heaven. See, who you going to listen to? Y'all got, y'all good. Pastors, who you going to listen to? Dr. Fauci or Jesus? The CDC or heaven? I should shut down. No. No. Devil, no. No. But a night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. Y'all see this? And brought them out and said, 
Now the angel is going to give him a message from heaven. Go. Go and operate in civil disobedience. This is what he told them. Disobey your government. This is what he's telling them. Gershom, you, you we good? I'm good with this. I want, okay. He works for the government. I got to make sure we're good. Just letting you know ahead of time, I'm all for civil disobedience. Because the, the angel from heaven told him, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Verse 21. And when they heard that, Oh, that's all we needed to hear. They entered the temple early in the morning and taught. Y'all got it? I don't read the rest of that verse. Go down to verse 27. Same chapter. Are y'all hearing this today? Tell your neighbor, you got to tell the devil no. Now what happened... They sent the officers to go get, oh, get them got out of prison. Let's talk to them. But they got there and found the prison was still shut up, but Peter and John was gone. Well, the word got back, oh, they're in the temple preaching. So watch verse uh, 27 here. Verse 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, did we not strictly... Command you to shut your church down? Didn't we tell y'all y'all couldn't sing? Didn't we tell y'all y'all couldn't have instruments? Didn't we tell y'all y'all couldn't have no choir, no praise team? Didn't we tell y'all you couldn't do that? Didn't we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled all Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, watch this. Listen to this, pastor. We ought to obey God rather than men. Somebody shout us something right now. We ought to obey God rather than They already told him one time. Now I got to tell you again. Listen, let me just tell you straight up. If you didn't understand the first time, let me speak plain English. We ought to obey God rather than men. Use a man. He is God. At the end of the day, when I close my eyes, I got to answer to God. And I'm not going to let the devil through you stop the ministry that was given to me by Jesus. Jesus sent me to preach. You didn't call me to preach. Jesus sent me to preach. You didn't establish the church. Jesus Christ said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Warn all you want. Persecute all you want. Shout all you want. Threaten all you want. But we will not stop. We will not quit. Devil, the answer is no. Answers no. You can't stop me. You're not gonna stop my praise. You're not gonna stop my singing. 
You're not going to stop my gathering. You're not going to stop my fellowshipping. You're not going to stop my preaching. Paul said it one time. Paul said, he said in Romans, woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. Jeremiah said one time, he said, I wanted to stop, but he said, but it was like fire. That's the problem with a lot of pastors is they lost the fire. But if you still have the fire on the inside of you, ain't no man, ain't no woman, ain't no government, ain't no president, ain't no devil in hell going to shut down what God has put on the inside of you. Devil, the answer is no. Now what we going to do? Devil is no. What, now what we going to do? What you want to do? What you want to do, devil? Is no. I ain't going to stop. Watch, watch this. Go, go to verse 38. Let me just finish right here. Let me finish right here. Verse 38. Now, these guys didn't get it, man. These, these religious folk, this government was so stuck and so stupid that they kept trying these guys. Whew. Verse 33. I'm going to skip around, but watch verse 33. Now, I'm going to read straight through. Verse 33. When they heard this, these guys that they're preaching and bringing them you know what? what? What they hated was the fact that the message that these guys was preaching was, it was indicting them. It was exposing their sin. Jesus, thank you, Holy Ghost. I just heard that. And that's the reason why they're trying to shut the church down. Because when you and I, when real preachers preach, when the real church rises up, we expose their sin. The Bible says that the darkness hates the light because its sins are exposed by the light. That's why they need the church. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. We don't want to hear anymore. We don't want to hear anymore. We want to live how we want to live. Do everything we want to do. We want to, we want to serve how we want to serve. No, shut up, church. That's what they're doing. Church, shut up. Let us enjoy our sin. But what they don't understand is the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. What they don't understand is that the Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and every nation that forgets God. So they need us to preach. They might not want us to preach. They might not want your Christian self around them at their job with your Christian t-shirt and your Christian music and your Christian logos and your Christian stance. They might not want you. They don't understand. They need you. Because God was on his way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham intervened and said, wait, 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 God. Will you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? And God said, no. Abraham said, if I can find 50 righteous men, will you save the city? God said, yeah, I'll save it. If I can find 50 righteous men. 
he, he said, no, okay, what about if I can find 40? He said, I'll, if you can find 40, I'll save it. What about if I can find 20? I'm not sure if I can find 20 because that's a real wicked city. Let me see if I can find 20. 20, God said, yeah, I'll save it for 20. He said, well, well okay, God, I don't want to push the envelope too much, but what if I can find 10? I'll save it for 10. If you find 10 in all of Sodom and Gomorrah and all the surrounding cities, I will save the whole area. He said, now, God, this is my last, this is my last question. If I can just find five big guys there. God said, I will save the whole city, the whole region for five righteous men. The only reason why the wrath of God has not destroyed this nation is because righteous men and women of God are still living here who are still, as we used to say, Bashar, holding up the blood-stained banner for our Lord, who are fighting the good fight of faith, who are soldiers marching in the army of the Lord. For him I live and for him I die. If it weren't for you, we would have been destroyed. I'm talking about you. If it weren't for you, So they may not want us, but they need us. So they may want us to shut up, but they don't realize we got to keep holding up the blood stain. We got to keep shouting. All right, where, where, where are we? 30 what? 33. When they heard this, that's why I explained to this. When they heard these guys preaching on righteousness, preaching on holiness, preaching on Jesus, it brought conviction to them. They're trying to hate. They're trying to shut it down. They don't want you on Twitter tweeting scriptures. Scripture today, that's the, that's the nice, cute little scripture. Scripture today, like, you know, uh, God loves everybody, but God's love the world. They, they love, that's okay, but don't, don't tweet something like, your sins will surely find you out. Don't tweet that. Okay. <laughs> So, let, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Oh, Jesus. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. Let's talk, guys. I want to talk about something. Now, watch this. This is great. Verse 35. And he said to them, men of Israel, Take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these Christians, these, these, these holy these men. Be careful now what you do. Be careful about putting your hands on these church people. He said, for some time ago, verse 36, y'all there? For some time ago, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody. Self-appointed apostle. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. When he died, the movement died. 37. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. Verse 38. This is, this is wisdom right here. And now I say to you, keep away from these church folk. You better let them alone. Mr. Squeaky and Mr. Everybody Else all over the country. 
For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it lest you even be found to fight against God himself. Warning to all the governors. Warning to all the senators, presidents and president-elects and whatever you may be. Don't touch the church, Fauci. You better keep your hands off real men and women of God because you're fighting against God. Your arms are too short to box with God. Watch verse 40. Let me keep, just finish this out. And they agree with him. Now, this, this is still about my message here. I didn't lose my point. I'm proving to you the point that these men said no when the devil tried to shut them down. Verse 40. And they agreed with him. And when they had called the apostles, called for the apostles and beaten them. Oh, they still wouldn't learn. He told them, told them to put your hands on them. They beat them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, here's the command again. Don't preach. So, verse 41, they departed from the presence of the council. I want to know who, who, about it, who in here has this kind of Holy Ghost boldness right here. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And watch this last verse. And daily. They didn't stop. Devil, we heard you. No. And daily in the temple. And in all the flight teams. This is why I keep telling you about going to church less. No, you don't go to church less. He got more. He said, "Daily in temple, in every house." They did not, did not see. Tell you that, but they didn't stop. Tell somebody else. They didn't stop. In other words, the devil tried to make them stop, and their answer was no. They were just ordered by the government: stop teaching, stop preaching. This is civil disobedience. They did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Flip over back to 1 Kings 20. We ended at verse 4. The king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, all that I have is yours. Now we come back. I'm going to pick this back up. I, I love to preach this whole chapter because it's so rich. But I'll pick up at verse 5 when we come back. Because what you'll see if you keep reading is that when you give the devil an inch to take a mile. Back when I was growing up, my dad used to preach, uh, sing this song, said, don't let the devil uh, ride. Y'all remember that one? Don't let the devil ride. Oh, don't let the devil ride. Because if you let him ride, he's going to want to drive. Don't let him ride. Any Holy Ghost church people that y'all grew up in holding this church? Don't, don't, don't let the devil ride. Oh, don't let the devil ride. Because if you let him ride, he's going to want to drive. Don't let him ride. 
because he's not satisfied just riding along. He don't want to be no ride along. He ain't no passenger. His goal is to take off, take over. You know, they got a song out there in uh, contemporary Christian music, Jesus Take the Wheel. Y'all ever heard of Jesus? <laughs> Jesus Take the Wheel? No, the devil's trying to take the wheel in your life. And you know what he's going to do? Crash. So you can't give him an inch. You can't give him a foothold. The Bible says in Ephesians, I think it's around 4.27, it says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any room. Because if you give him room, he's going to take over the house. Amen? Devil, my answer is no. Were you blessed by that today? Yes. Want to get on your feet and give God a praise? Wow. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that somebody today has developed some Holy Ghost boldness. That you got, if you allow this, a Holy Ghost backbone. To put up resistance against the devil. I'll get into that put up resistance to him and say, no, you know what? You can't have any more of my time, any more of my money. You can't have my good night's sleep. You can't have my peace. You can't have my rest. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my children. You can't have my family. You can't have my business. You can't have my, my joy. You can't have anything. No. No. I'm not giving you anything. If you want, if you want it, you're going to have to fight me for it. How many of y'all feel that way? The devil, you have to fight you for it. Well, you're going to put up the good fight of faith. You don't resist the devil. Amen? Grab hands with somebody next to you. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that Jesus knew how to say no. There in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil, three times we re recorded, it's been recorded that he said no, no, no. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. No, no, no. Your word says that Father Jesus, be Christ, Jesus Christ became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. And therefore you've exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have the authority the power now to say no to the enemy and to not allow him to run all over our lives and do whatever he wants to do. We know, Father, that, Lord, whatever we allow, you have to allow. Whatever we refuse, you'll refuse. You'll back us up in heaven. So, Father, we, we, we now say we won't allow the devil to, hate, to take anything more that belongs to us and we won't even let him keep what he's already stolen he has to cough it all up <laughs> he has to cough it all up that's what, that's what the Bible says in Job that he has to cough it all up he has to as Job says to vomit it up 
Vomit up all of our riches. Vomit up all of our silver. Vomit up all of our gold. He has to cough it all up. That which belongs to us. I thank you, Father, that these are people will be bold and strong and stand firm and stand pat and lose nothing else and regain anything that has been lost. That every time the, the tempter, the enemy comes, we'll stand. Even when he comes as an accuser, we'll say no. Even when he comes to condemn, we'll say no. We're, no, 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 we've been forgiven. No, we've been washed. No, we've been sanctified. No, that's the old me. No, that's the old, old us. No, we're not that person anymore. No, that, that's not who we are. We've already confessed that. We've already been forgiven of that. We've already been washed and made clean. We'll say no to his condemnation. No to his accusation. No to his temptation. We'll say no to his depression. No to his worry and doubt and fear. And no to his unbelief. No to his seduction. No to his doctrines. No. We'll stand and continue to walk in the way you've given and chosen for us to walk in. Now I pray, Father, blessing upon each person that we'll have the tenacity of David who will fight for, our, fight for our families and fight for our loved ones and fight for what belongs to fight, fight like, like, like Peter and John fight for the ministry fight for the cause of Christ and not be weak weak men like Ahab who just freely gave up what belonged to him no, we are strong in you and the power of your might. We thank you. Thank you for total victory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Glory to God.